podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketers Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Watt. Welcome back Colin, how are you? It doesn't feel as if it's been that long since I was last on Paul, I, think, I hope the viewers aren't getting sick of me. No I'm sure they're not because yesterday you were replaced just by a big Axon banner. <laughs> uh, yes you were here on Transfer Deadline Day, there was a lot of concern around Celtic that Odson Eduard would be on his way out of the club. Thankfully we managed to keep him yep. but then we were hit with a bombshell this morning in relation to him testing positive. Um, the big concern at the moment, I guess, is will he be back in terms of his fitness for the game against Rangers? Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of conflicting reports out there this morning, um, but uh, I was kind of following different people's views on it. But looking at the, the guidelines, he has to self-isolate for seven days from the day of his positive test, which was Monday which means he will be um, in France for the next seven days and then after that should be able to fly home if he tests negative again, which we, we hope he does, which means he should be back in Scotland all going well for sort of the middle of next week and I don't think there'll be any concerns really about him playing um, in the, the game against Rangers next Saturday. Um to be honest, if he tested positive in the UK, it would be the same. It was 10 days over here if you've got a positive test, seven days in France. So even if there's an additional three days, he'll just have to kind of stay at home when he gets back to Glasgow. This is a bit of a non-story. This is going to be a regular thing in Scottish mm-hmm. football this year. There's going to be lots of different um, players test positive through no fault of their own. Some it will be their own fault, um, like we've seen with the, the Aberdeen case, but... Let's be honest here, this is a virus we're having to deal with in our, our day-to-day life, so mm-hmm. um, we're, we're not going to see the end of this until there's a vaccine, and maybe not until months or years after that, so the think the biggest concern over the game next Saturday won't be whether Odson Edward forces the game to be postponed, it's what will happen today when uh, Nicola Sturgeon addresses Parliament and what restrictions she brings in, so... For me, this is a non-story. We've covered it here. Odson Edward, we hope he gets well soon. We hope no other players catch COVID. For both teams, to be honest, because I want to see that game next Saturday with both the strongest 11s and get a really good game and beat them on the park and show them who is the best team in Scotland. 
Well, th- that's going to be all the, the chat that we're going to have really from now until the big game, Colin, is in relation to such matters as, and we were going to speak about this anyway, who we just started with up front. Now, the fact that Edward's going to be having a, a, a period of isolation, um, does it work in our favour because he's not playing those games with France under-21s or does it make him a wee bit rustier? I mean, there's, there, there might be a positive to take out of this, not just a positive test. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I, I'm absolutely delighted in that sense that he won't be playing the three games or two games, whatever it is for France, because one, it puts him in the shop window because he seems to score every time he goes away on international duty. Mm-hmm. Um, no more of that, please, Eddie. You're already the top goal scorer over there. You don't need to score anymore you just you just rest up um, and two Neil Lennon's went on about how he's still trying to regain his form he was going to sit down with him when he came back from France um, look the, the boy's 22 he's going to hit a dip in form now and again um, he's still scored something like five or six goals already this season so if that's a striker off form then I can't wait to see him back on form um, but I'd rather none of our players were away on international duty right now because they don't need the extra games the guys that are away with Scotland are going to play three games over the course of two weeks that, and then come back and play on the Saturday at lunchtime. For me, this international period, it can be avoided. International football isn't the big thing that UEFA and FIFA want it to be. At the minute, club football, we're the people that's paying the wages. We're the people that should be controlling whether our players go away or not. Um, and I just hope they all come back injury-free um, and we can get on and concentrate on what will be a very busy period for us once we come back from this break. You've got the concerns, obviously, of injuries, Colin, but the bigger concern as well is the fact that they're going into different groups, different bubbles, they're travelling from country to country, and there's never really been any discussion around whether or not that should even take place. It's just taken for granted that the international games will continue as normal almost and that is a big concern because the minute you move out your own bubble you're at the mercy of um, you know how many players from how many different nations and that's that's a big concern how many of the international players that we have out there are going to return with a positive test yeah I mean we've seen it the last time the the international break came around it wasn't us but there was other teams across uh, the country Thiago when he signed for Liverpool came back with a positive test that spread to Manny this thing can spread so easily so if there's a way to reduce the chance of transmission by getting rid of these international games surely we should be doing it I mean there will be time we can push these tournaments back they already pushed the Euros back a year you can push everything back club football should be the number one priority um, for for the teams, it means that you're going to be amongst the players that you're training with and playing with day in and day out. And as you said, you're going and mixing with other squads, and you don't know what's coming from from them. Say, for example, there's a Liverpool player out there that's going to tie in with other players. Mm. We still don't know what the full outbreak is at Liverpool. We don't know if it's contained with Thiago and Manny or whether it's spread throughout the squad. Should they have even been allowed to tie up with their squads? I, I don't agree with any of the international football breaks at the minute I'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there that agree with me there'll be others um, which enjoy watching international football that won't agree with me that's just part of the, the argument I'm, I'm happy to hear both sides of it But as you say it's uh, two parts of that the fact that your your players are out there uh, potentially getting injured but also uh, coming back with an illness but um, we're not going to labour it because all the chat's been about Edward um, since we woke up this morning I'd never seen it last night Colin it was when I got up this morning I seen the breaking news and it's been on all morning but there's more and more of these outbreaks all over the place and you know it is going to affect football and life probably as we know it, uh, forevermore. Because people think there's going to be this magic day that arrives and there's a vaccine and everything goes back to normal. But you look at some of the other uh, viruses in my lifetime and you think back to the 80s, uh, you know, even with HIV coming in and it's never gone away and never will go away. And people have adapted their lifestyles and um, started to live with it. And it's still here all these years later. So it's a virus that uh, is here to stay but hopefully we can get the vaccine in and then we can start getting uh, back to normality because until we do that, it's a period of uncertainty, Colin. Now, there's loads of 
comments coming through on our social media channels, which is always great to see. We don't always get a chance, obviously, to go through every single one of them because we're into the hundreds every show, Colin. But um, we do, and you've seen this this morning, we do go through them even the following day to see if there's any good points coming through that we've missed. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And we will be going to some of these comments very, very shortly. We're trying to build up our subscriber base on YouTube, so if you're watching on that platform, please click on the subscribe button and the notification button. Uh, you might be notified about things like Colin going and playing games. What was it you were up to earlier on, Colin? FIFA? Uh, yeah, so it was good to see some of the Axon Bulletin um, viewers Regulars. actually yeah. Yeah, coming in and commenting on it and actually getting involved. I mean, in this period where we're kind of into the international break, maybe things like that will keep the appetite of Celtic going and well unfortunately we we did a typical Celtic performance in Europe we we crashed out at the last 16 stage of the Champions League but some would say that that might have been set up for the fact that the new FIFA game comes out this Friday and next week we'll be starting a new series on Game Changers so who knows well the the thing with that that's a point you made there the last 16 do you think having seen the squad that Celtic have assembled and the teams that we've been drawn against, Colin, that Celtic can get out of that Europe uh, Europa League group. Do you know that this is going to sound probably, I don't know the, the right word here, but I honestly, at the minute, couldn't care. I couldn't care about Europe because these you're are focused just, on the, on the ten. Yeah, I'm just the ten, the Scottish Cup, the quadruple treble, the quintuple treble, whatever the right word is. I'm sure someone will correct me. Um, I only care about that we've made the group stage, we've made the money the coefficient eh, I don't, not really bothered but then the coefficient as has been reported over the last couple of weeks uh, assists us in future tournaments um, it assists us with the amount of qualifiers that we may or may not have to play and I think it's a comment that you made there, I've, I've heard that comment from quite a few Celtic fans, there's one who is you know, it's not. He supported Celtic a long, uh, long time before I ever started going to the games, and he is so focused, calling on the domestic issues and the ten in a row. He's not too concerned about Europe. Whereas I just want it all. I want us to go in and do well in Europe. Um, I'm, I'm well aware of there's some brilliant uh, Twitter accounts that really follow the coefficient situation yeah, very, yep. very closely. Who's it? Maravchik sixty seven. Yeah. Was he the same guy that done the video? Back in the day, that brilliant Celtic video that is superb, one of the best video compilations ever. Uh, could have been him. Could have been him. Um, he's always up on the coefficient and yep. how we're improving. And I think that when you look at the way that the um, the draws made, certainly for the Europa League, it doesn't seem to assist you in any way. There's, there's no many easy games out there, but it's the qualifiers that's the killer, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, and the, the bottom line is, if you don't finish top of the league, then you're not going to be in the position when you're talking about qualifiers. Do you know what I mean? Like, Obviously next season's a bit different because Scotland will have two entrants into the Champions League, right? But the top team finishes and it means they've only got two qualifiers. The second place team have got four qualifiers and will come up against a lot harder opposition. But at the end of the day, I want to finish first in the league. And if going away on a Thursday night to Milan or um, Lille is going to compromise that, I don't want to I don't want to be concentrating on that because to me the the end game this season is 10 if we don't get 10 because our efforts were put out there and getting through at the last 32 of the Europa League where is there any benefit to that season? You'd say that season's a failure if you don't win the league if you get knocked out of the Europa League and you go on and win 10 and you win the treble no one's going to be that bothered the, the success of a season I think depends on whether you win the league The league is a bread and butter yeah. As Bill Shankly always said, but as I say, I just want it all. Call I'm getting greedy. <laughs> I want to do well in Europe as well. Um, with, with the news of Edward and some of the the different aspects of that, uh, the different views on it, you know, he's missing a few games for France under twenty ones, so he'll be fresher in one respect. He won't be doing the the kind of the training, the conditioning that you would expect if he's isolating. He can train on his own, but it's different, less tempo involved mm-hmm. in that so his, his fitness levels might dip slightly maybe he needs that rest you know we've been seeing him Neil Lennon's spoken about it yeah his mind might have been um, all over the place during the transfer window but perhaps he needed the rest 
is he a definite starter for you, Colin, against Rangers? Because we're going to go through how you feel we're going to shape up mm-hmm. and the personnel involved. There's a few questions. Obviously, we're brought in a new player, for example. But does Eddie still start for you against Rangers? If he's available, then yes, definitely, 100% he starts for me. Um, I just think when you've got a player like that and there's discussion about how he's off form and things like that, it only takes one chance. I mean, take a look at the the game. I know I said I don't really care about Europe, but when you look at the the last qualifier there, it only took the one opportunity for him to put the ball in the back of the net. He never really had anything else the rest of that game. Now, when you come up against um, Rangers and you come up against any top team in Scotland, you want your best players playing, whether they're 100% or not, because it kind of puts that bit of doubt into the other teams as well, that maybe today's the day where he turns it round. So I, I I think if you go into the game with him not being 100%, it still puts that bit of doubt into the other teams. So I would definitely have him in the squad. Who I would partner him with at the minute... I would probably go with Lee Griffiths. However, there is news coming out of Celtic Park today that Albina Yeti will be returning to training next week, which is ahead of schedule. It would be good to see the, those two playing up front because I think they have a partnership which um, would put a bit of fear into the Rangers defenders. Edward running at them, and then if anything is left there in and around the penalty box, a Yeti's going to stick it away. So I think they two will f- form a, a good partnership this season. I think the uh, ideal partnership uh, from the, the four strikers that we have at our disposal at the moment, my ideal partnership would be Eduard and Ayeti. Mm-hmm. Under the circumstances, and this is why it's been so important that we've had such a good transfer window, Colin, you're looking at Eduard, right, will he be fit due to the illness? You're looking at Ayeti, he's just coming back into training. Will he be fit to start? Probably not. You're then looking at Griffiths. How fit is Griffiths? We know he came in and played 15, 20 minutes against St. Johnson. Kamala is probably the fittest out of the four. Mm -hmm. Would you start him? Probably not. So there's a big question for Neil Lennon and for Celtic fans in general. Uh, We're going to be talking about our kind of predicted uh, starting 11 for Rangers. I know it's a bit early, but, you know, we'll we'll come back to that if there's any injuries between now and then. But the big question is, obviously, with the the, the story that Edouard um, has the illness, has the virus... Uh, does he start and who partners him? So you're going to go at this moment in time, Eddie and Griff uh, with yep. Ayeti and Clamala sitting on the bench. Yep. Get- this week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Guessing? Yep. Okay, and you're playing two up front. Uh, Griffiths is a nine and Eddie is a ten. Are we getting into <laughs> is, a Gordon Is there nines, is there tens? Are we, they're just up front, we'll go with that. No, but I think the argument that, remember, Hearts and Strachan um, had a wee discussion, a wee debate on Celtic TV about um, was Edward a nine or a ten? There's a, the out and out striker, if you like, and I always look at Griffiths as being the guy that's playing up front, mm-hmm. and Edward is off his shoulder or just you know further back, and he's the. I don't want to use any of the modern technology, but he's playing slightly behind Griffiths rather mm-hmm. than the two of them out and out. Is that how you see them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
Uh, what I see with them is, well, when I go back to last season, because it's the last time they, they both played together, there was a lot of interchange of how they played. Like, at one minute, Griffiths would be out wide and Edward would be in the middle, and it would change round and Edward would be out wide and Griffiths would be in the middle. I think they're very interchangeable. Um, and the best part about their partnership was they know how each other plays, and they were starting to get there. If you go back to games like the St Mirren game, which is the last game before the internet, sorry, the virus broke out, the the play that they had together, some of the build-up play to the goals was outstanding. It was a short, crisp passing, splitting open the defences, which we have struggled to do so far this season. It's been one of the, the kind of bugbears of Celtic fans this season is watching us come up against teams that put 10 men behind the ball mm. and we can't break through. They were doing that with ease last year. Um, and Griffiths got a hat-trick on the last game before the, the, the league was called. So um, if they can get back to that sort of form then we might see that day that comes, which you predicted yesterday, where we give someone a hammer in this season and it could be anybody in the league. It could be, and hopefully it's Rangers. Now, the thing that you've mentioned as well with Edward, you know, that worry and that panicking amongst the defence, thinking, is today the day that he's going to hit top yep. gear? There's also the thing when you're watching these stuffy games, these defensive outfits, that two and three men at all times flock around Edward the minute he gets the ball mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that would work well for Griff because he runs in behind him he's got that ability to, to play off the back of Edward and I just think for me looking at the fitness or lack of in, in relation to a Yeti um, you know it would be good to have Eddie and Griff the other question I would ask you though Colin is how do you think because that's your opinion how do you think Lenny will line up will he go with the two will he, will he start well you know see up there as he has done over the last few games do you know Lennon always likes to throw a wee grenade in here in some of the big games like away from home in Europe or stuff like that where we, we see someone come in almost out of the blue um, I think back to, to Ibrox last year when Mickey Johnson started up front um, with the, the time where he had uh, Lewis Morgan playing up front and stuff like that in the cup final so it, Lennon's team Sheets can actually be quite hard to predict at times. Whatever happened to Lewis Morgan, eh? Oh, well, <laughs> he is on fire in Miami at the moment. Um, my good friend Stephen Kelly, who's out there, he's actually watching the games for, for mm. Miami. And uh, Gonzalo Higuain commented the other day saying that he doesn't know why he hadn't heard of Lewis Morgan before now because he's one of the best players he's ever played with. Really? Now, I think maybe his translator was broken that day, but... Some of the goals he scored over there have been impressive. Um, we maybe see him coming back to Europe eventually. What, what kind of fee did we get for him? Can you remember? I think it was only in the region of somewhere between a quarter of a million and half a million pounds. It wasn't a lot of money. Because we brought him in for 300 grand, didn't we? Yeah. And I remember when he, he was moved on, I was fairly surprised simply because, you know, Lennon had shown enough faith in him in the game that you mentioned there mm-hmm. a few moments ago to play him up top against Rangers in the League Cup final. And... Um, would he be part of the squad? Yeah, he certainly wouldn't be a, a starter for Celtic. But you did get the the feeling that he would get plenty of games. He, you know, I remember him playing quite a few games in Europe, Colin. And what frustrated me about him is he spent half the time on the deck. Mm-hmm. And I felt that he had to have this Ryan Christie-like transformation uh, physically and, and start working on his conditioning before he could really uh, fight for a jersey. Next thing you know, he, he gets moved on. Uh, when we've seen that in the past at Celtic, it's often because we've been given a, a pr- particularly good bid on a player. You know, we've seen it with the likes of Adam Matthews, uh, a player we brought in for nothing, we sold him for two million. Uh, the other one was Danny Fox, remember him? Yep. Uh, simply because we were turning a profit on the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tony Watt was another one, brought him in for, I think it was 100 grand, sold him for 1.2. So, if Celtic get the chance of a fringe player making us money and making us a profit. So I, I was under the impression that we might have been offered a wee bit more than that. Maybe somebody tuning in can tell us more info on it. Yeah, I don't think it was um, a lot of money. Um, if it was a bit, if it was more than what I've said, it wouldn't be a, a million, lot more. A million plus, maybe? I don't know. I'm For a first sure. team player at Celtic? But then again, the, the MLS teams don't really tend to throw a lot of money about. I mean, mm. they throw a lot about in wages, but they don't throw a lot about in transfer fees. Yeah, so it was an interesting one because he was in contract. You know, he, mm-hmm. we always kind of looked at him as a player who was developing. I think when Jack Ross took over at Hibs, I maybe expected a loan deal out there, mm-hmm. but next thing you know, he's gone. So he, he seemed to do well on loan where he went when he was down at Sunderland. They were quite impressed with him. So, mm-hmm. um, but as you said, he, he had some great games. Um, I'm thinking the the game at home against Wren when he scored. He was he was really good that night. 
Um, but as you said, there was far too many times he was on the deck. On the deck all the time. So maybe the the league over in America suits him. It's less physical. I don't really know. We wish him all the best. Some brilliant goals. Yeah. We've seen the, the footage like everybody else on social media. Excellent. And that's why I brought him up. So thanks. <laughs> so we've got a Miami. Is it a Miami correspondent? That Miami might keep correspondent. You? Yep. Superb. That's what I like to hear because a Spanish one was keeping me um, up to date. Was it a Spanish correspondent keeping me up to date with the pronunciation of a new signing or was it Kevin Graham? Um, the Spanish butcher. Diego Laxalt and uh, there's my next question does he start against Rangers? So in my team I don't think he starts Right um, I, I think it's it's always a hard one to try and throw someone in against Rangers for your debut because if I think back to some of the horrendous debuts there's been in that game um, on both sides to be perfectly honest with you if I remember correctly, did Fernando Rickson not make his debut in the 6-2 game and get took off after about 30 minutes because Bobby Petter was running them wild? Bobby Petter had a good game that day. So it's it's a hard game to throw people into. Maybe because there's not fans in the stadium, it might be a bit easier. Did Bajel Kaduri, did he make his debut against Rangers? If it the, the was, it would have been at Ibrox Aye. and he scored and McGregor. That's maybe my mind playing tricks on it. Yeah. Um, but then again, we could beat that day. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know, I'm always sceptical about throwing guys in for a debut, um, especially against Rangers. I think we might go a bit more defensive-minded and go with Greg Taylor, just because Rangers will be a team that does come out and attack us, unlike most other teams in Scotland. And if we think back to Greg Taylor's best game of the season so far, it was against Hibs, and that was a team that did come out and have a go at us, so maybe it will suit Greg Taylor to play in that game. Um Great option to come off the bench though and the bench is starting to look very, very strong when we look at the options we've got there. So um, we'll definitely see uh, Diego Laxalt soon but I don't think it'll be against Rangers. Alright, so you're starting with Taylor on the left. Yes. Um, on the right, another uh, discussion point is the absence for up to I think six weeks with the fracture, uh, James Forrest. So I think our uh, resident Nostradamus, i.e. you, <laughs> suggested that he would be out for a while, didn't you? Yeah, it did look a sore one when he came off. Um, apparently it's a, a fracture, so it will be somewhere in the region of six weeks, which is horrible. He's going to miss, because we're playing like three games a week, he's mm. going to miss somewhere in the region of 10 to 12 games, which is unheard of um, when you're out for six weeks, especially with an international break in there. Um Frimpong is your option there and I suppose you could class El Hamid as being an option out there especially with that ball he put in for Lee Griffiths goal at the weekend that showed why he is a right back first and foremost um, but Frimpong I'm sure will relish the opportunity to to play a consistent amount of games because we were kind of chopping and changing between him and Forrest before the injury and to be fair to, to Frimpong he's one of our be- biggest attacking threats so it's good to have him in and as he builds up games he'll get fitter um, and hopefully he'll get that final ball which is all he's sort of lacking at the moment is getting the final ball into the striker to put it in the back of the net and with a run of games you hope that kind of comes I'm thinking back again to one of the games you mentioned from last season uh, the painful to watch League Cup final yeah, uh, where we played Morgan up front Foster was outstanding Julian scores the winning goal but I always think back to the performance of Frimpong and I know he was sent off that day mm-hmm. but he was the constant outball wasn't yeah. he and um, he had them you know on their back foot constantly that day I think it would be one of my the first names on my team sheet against Rangers would be Jeremy Frimpong yeah, because I mean, I mean you look at uh, even his performance against St Johnston he was kicked off the park Colin yeah. but uh, thankfully he'll be refreshed by the time we come up against them I don't think he's away on international duty at the moment so obviously getting a couple of days rest at home um, he, he must have had to go into an ice bath and get massaged after that game because they, was, they kicked him off the park it was horrendous mm-hmm. the referee didn't even help when I look back and think of that time when he had the ball on the wing brought it in, beat five or six St Johnston players, got brought down and then the, the foul got brought back 15 yards. He must have been looking at that going, what is going on here? Um, but he doesn't complain, he dusts himself off and he goes back and he runs at them again uh, and it's a great player to have on your side in that sense. What is going to be interesting is it looks as though he may not be coming up against Borna Barisic because he was uh, carted off there at the weekend and doesn't know if he'll be fit for that game. So it looks as if he'll be coming up against Calvin Bassey, who they've brought in from Leicester. 
who's a very different player to Barisic. He's not as attack-minded. He's a bit more of a taller, stronger player. Will um, Frimpong get the joy against them? We don't know, but I think it'll be a very interesting battle on the day. Barisic is their best player. Definitely. If you ask me. Um, I think he's the, the, the most impressive player in that squad. So if he's missing, Frimpong's on fire. It'll be uh, one to watch, certainly. What we'll do, Colin, we'll continue talking about our predicted lineups, but I'm going to um, dip back in and uh, into our social media channels and see what the comments are. So straight off the bat, we've got Stephen Frobs, who's a regular commenter. So welcome back, Stephen. First and foremost, Eddie's long-term health is the priority. Correct. But let's remain calm and confident. We have strength and depth with Griffiths, Klamala, and a fit Ayeti. He'd start with two up top, Ayeti and Griffiths. Um, let's think about that for a minute because Griffiths is the, is one of the players that kind of agitates. He agitates the defence. He, mm-hmm. he runs in behind them. He's great with the uh, the long shot efforts. A Yeti would would they complement each other? Do you think? I think they could make a partnership. Definitely. Um, I see a Yeti more in like he's adaptable. I think he can play like Edward. And he can play like someone like Gary Hooper. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch the game against Hibs, he was coming in, dropping up, building up the play. Um, it was time at Basel. He was linking up with Elanusi, um, not Elahusi, um, very well. Um, so there, there is the kind of two sides of Albina Yeti, depending on what you want him to be. Do you want him to be a poacher or do you want him to be a sort of uh, link-up player? Lee Griffiths, you know what you get with Lee Griffiths, as you said, um, works his socks off every single game, takes the, the pot shots here and again, um, and he always seems to cause defenders problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could put a good partnership together, definitely. Um, and you know when you're going into a game against Rangers, Lee Griffiths is going to give you 100% no matter how fit he is because he always seems to help his game when he's playing them. He does. I think he'll be a good option on the bench as well. Um, Agent Bolly Bombscare, welcome back to the show. You're commenting on YouTube. He's not only going to play the uh, under-21 games, but he won't be able to train either. More chance of rustiness. Well, again, it's what we're seeing at the top of the show, Colin. I mean, yes, you won't have that intensity of a training session. You will be able to train on your own, if obviously he's allowed to do so. Uh, with his conditioning, does he come back rusty or does he come back fresher? Maybe he was needing a, a rest? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm, I'm delighted he's not playing in these international games. And I would be even more delighted if we had to pull out guys like Callum McGregor and um, anyone else that's going to be on international duty that's got to play three games in just over a week. I think this international schedule is ridiculous. That if there was three games in a week and it was a club fixture schedule... Teams would be complaining left, right and centre, but because it's internationals, it's just nothing that we can do about it. We were meant to get rid of these meaningless friendlies. I see England are playing Wales tomorrow night. That's a friendly, what's the need for that? It's just a case of filling the calendar up here and we don't need to do it. Mm -hmm. So if the guys have got to fly back early from international duty, then I'm all for it. Um, Helen McCallum um, again a regular contributor to the show so welcome Helen via YouTube saw on Twitter that a Yeti could be fit for the Glasgow Derby next weekend which is good news I think it's brilliant news you want to enter a game like that Colin with as many of your first team squad fit uh, raring to go unfortunately we're not going to have James Forrest at our disposal Uh, hopefully we will have a Yeti hopefully we'll have Eduard is there anybody else is Mikey Johnson going to be back that's another couple of weeks for him to get fit well that's an interesting one as well because I think about three weeks ago Neil Lennon said he was about three weeks away from coming back into training so that sort of ties in with now not seen a lot coming out from Celtic from the training sessions usually they put things on Twitter and Instagram or even a wee YouTube video now and again just to show um, the players back in training not seen Johnston in about there but if you look at the squad we've got um, and the amount of players that would think they are first team squad players with a game like this coming up, you think it would only raise the intensity level to be part of that 20-man squad mm. when we're going into the game. So um, I look forward to seeing who's going to impress Lennon between now and then to to get himself into either the first team or onto the bench. I think um, Alan Morrison, a contributor to a Celtic state of mind, Celtic by numbers, and, and another excellent Twitter account to follow if you aren't doing so already. He before we brought in Lack Salt, said we had 24 of a first-team squad. That was his last count. And as you say, 
you know, Forrest is out. That takes us back down to 24 um, after the arrival of Lax Salt. So there's only going to be four disappointed first-teamers out of that squad, isn't there? So yeah. I think when you're looking at um, who is going to play up front, it's a big question. It wouldn't surprise me, Colin, if Neil Lennon started with um, El Yunusi plus A yeah, another up there and, yeah. and doesn't play with the out-and-out two strikers. Or Christy. He seems to do that this season as well. Mm-hmm. Christy and a, another striker up front, so... Again, as I was saying the point earlier, Lennon seems to make these kind of interesting uh, team selections when we get towards a bigger game. So I think you'll you'll do really well to pick the the, the eleven because I'm I'm not even sure he'll have it in his mind who he wants to play it. Red Scotland, welcome back to the show. Uh, Edward and Griffiths will be up front against Rangers. Now, the thing with uh, Edward and Griffiths is we know what they can do. We know what Edward can do uh, in dispatches with a Yeti. Clamala, uh, we've not even mentioned. Klamala, does is he in the frame? Because you're looking at well, Griffiths isn't a hundred percent fit. That's why he was on the bench at the weekend. That was his first appearance. Edward with the illness, a Yeti just coming back. Is Klamala uh, the the <laughs> the striker that we start with? Is he going to be the surprise um, selection, Colin? I mean, he very much could be. He he hasn't really done anything wrong this season. He's scored, I think, three league goals now in about just over 100 minutes on the park so he could be um, don't rule it out don't be surprised if you look at the team sheet and he is one of the ones leading the line I guess it's, it's almost to a point where I can't actually remember the last time we had four strikers that you know could eventually get you a goal mm-hmm. I mean if you'd started any one of those four against say a Hamilton at home you're expecting them to score a goal no disrespect to Hamilton. Um, but I can't remember a time, maybe going as far back as Larson, Sutton and Hartson, where you had three strikers that you could turn to that you, you thought were going to get you a goal. We have bo- we had we anyone on like the that? bench. Yeah. Because that's when Butcher was coming if through you ha- well. Have you had anyone in Maloney as well, I suppose? Yeah, yeah. Have, no, we, have right. we had a period like that before no, where we've had not. four strikers you can turn to? No, I mean, I, I do recall, you know, when we were younger, my brother and I used to watch the official Celtic history video that came out in 1988 at Christmas, Colin, before your time. And uh, we also had the Liverpool one, and we would watch both of them. And there was a player with ginger hair who was a proper super sub for Liverpool. His name was David Fairclough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, wearing the number 12, 14 jersey, whatever it was. It's great to have a super sub. Maybe Klamala's that man. Yeah. Because... What you would find is if you start the player, he's less effective. He just has that impact. He's an impact sub. Maybe Clamalla's a man to be an impact sub for Celtic. Oh, there's guys that's made a career off that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Solskjaer was famous for it. Um, won a European Cup doing it. So th- there is guys that are complete impact subs, as you're saying. Um, and that's not a bad thing to have in the squad. Because if you're a first-team player that takes 20-30 minutes to get into a game... By the time you get brought off the bench, that 20-30 minutes is the last period of the game. So the game's over. Whereas if you can get into the speed of the game right away, very much like Kamala did when he came on at the weekend, then you're a massive asset to come off the bench. Um, And if he's happy with the fact that he's playing 30 minutes and scoring a goal here and there, then he's a good person to have in the squad. Now Gary Doonan is commenting on Facebook Last season, especially in the second half of the League Cup final Down to 10 men We did the same thing to Rangers as what teams have done to us this season We choked the life out of the game Rangers that day ran out of ideas The next game at Celtic Park, we were too open It's a good point by Gary Yeah, I remember that was one of the hardest games to watch last season Was that League Cup final And I remember standing at Hamden going just checking the, the clock every two seconds and it felt as if it wasn't moving um, but he's right we did we, we totally stifled them and uh, one of the key attributes there was the, the saves from Fraser Foster from Alfredo Morelos um, and it'll be interesting to see where how Barkas does um, we've not really discussed Barkas yet this will be a big game for him it'll probably be one of the first times this season that he's properly been tested how will he stand up against that attack? We don't know who Rangers will play up front. Um, by all accounts, Morelos is having an off-season. Will it be Roof? Will he be back in time? Will it be Itten? Will it be Defoe? We don't really know how they're going to line up, but what we do know is they will test Barkas with whoever they've got up front, and I'm hoping that the big man does his proud and um, actually shows the quality that he's got and silences the doubters he's had for absolutely no reason. 
Now, Declan McConville is coming on to remind us, I think it's on your uh, agenda anyway, Colin. Uh, big shout out to Jim Craig, who made his debut for Celtic 55 years ago today. Yep. Go ahead, Deventer, I think the name, name of the team was. Uh, Jim Craig, lovely big gentleman, lovely fella, great ambassador for Celtic, and of course the Lisbon Lion. And um, it's always great to catch up with Jim, and then we all hope he's doing well. But 55 years ago. I mean, he looks great for his age, Big Jim, doesn't he? Oh, he's he? fantastic. In fact, we had him uh, down in the Greenock CSC not that long ago um, for our, sport, our annual sports person's uh, charity dinner. And he loves to tell the story um, from, from Lisbon. You'd think, giving away the penalty, it's one of those things he, he doesn't want to talk about, but he loves talking about it. Because until this... Uh, f- sorry. To this day, he insists it's not a penalty. He insists that he never gave it, gave it away. So I'd, I'd be interested to know what the Celtic fans think, whether it, it, it was a penalty or it wasn't. Try not to be too biased on it. What do you think? Watching it back, I've seen it, and I think the referee's out of position. So I don't know how he, he managed to give it, but um, I guess we wouldn't have had that drama. And it's part of the fairy tale, isn't it? Exactly. It's, yeah. the, it's the true underdog story of Absolutely. coming from the goal behind. But 55 years ago... European Cup Winners' Cup 1965. I wonder if there's anybody that's listening today that was at that game. Could tell us the story. Well, I wasn't before you start that. (laughs) Stephen Ray is uh, commenting on YouTube. I think it's unlikely Edouard will play. So I would go with a front two of a Yeti and El Yunusi just off him. Mm. If a Yeti isn't fit, then you have to go with Clamalla. I can see you're thinking there because that's what I'm I'm talking about. Clamalla's the fittest striker we've got at the moment. Yeah, but again, he's out away in international duty, so don't know how many games he's going to play for Poland's under twenty ones. Um, although the last time he was away, he scored a fantastic goal, um, very similar to his goal actually at the weekend. So we'll see how he gets on. I think it's going to be hard to try and pick what the team will be. We can suggest who we would like to see play, but we'll need to see who comes back from the international duty fit. Virus free, etc. Before we can probably make our predicted 11s. Uh, Red Scotland is uh, updating you, Colin. It's a quintuple. Thanks very much, Red. Um, and thanks very much for watching the, the FIFA stream earlier. Um, hopefully we'll see you over on Game Changers on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now... We've got loads of other comments coming through, so we'll certainly be we'll certainly be looking at them as they come come through. We know that you're playing Frimpong on the right and Taylor on the left. Eddie and Griff up front, Colin. Could mm-hmm. you maybe furnish us with the rest of your selections, please? Um, so the the centre back position will obviously be an interesting one with Julian not really having played recently. I assume that he'll be fit for the game, but do you throw him in when he's not had a lot of game time recently? Um, as we have discussed on here multiple times, he does tend to up his game when we're, we're playing the big matches. He is a bit of a big match player, so will he come in? Duffy will be Duffy will already be so excited that he'll not be sleeping for the next couple of weeks before he plays this game. This is one of the reasons he came to Celtic, is to, to put Rangers in their place, so um, he'll be excited for that. Ayer, probably again one of the first names on the team sheet, is just do you pick Julian or does El Hamid come in? Beaton won't be fit, so it's a it's a toss up between those two. Um, if it was me picking the team, I would probably put Julian in, but I can see El Hamid potentially playing in there as well. So th- there's your your three central defenders. Scott Brown will will start that game, uh, definitely the the captain, the leader, the influence that he'll bring to that game. Um, there's I'm delighted that he he won't miss the game through suspension. Um, I think he'll definitely definitely start. McGregor as well will probably play alongside him. So they'll, they'll be your two. We've got Edward and Griffiths up front. So I think that only leaves one position in the squad. And it's the sort of 10 position. Elinussi's been impressive over the last couple of weeks. Ryan Christie offers you something different. Um, having the, the shots at goal, the energy that you might just need for that game. David Turnbull's not played badly at all either, so um, there's a lot of players that can play in there. And Cham as well offers you that extra defensive mm-hmm. option. Um, so any one of those four could really play that game. But I think if it's Neil Lennon picking the side at the minute, I think he'd be. I think he'll go with Christie, um, just for that the extra legs and the energy. 
But I mean, look at those three options you've got to come off the bench. As I was saying earlier, the bench is getting stronger and it's just fantastic to see. It was something, I mean, to speak about them from time to time. It was something that Brennan Rodgers always put a big focus on, wasn't it? Uh, finishing the game was as important as starting the game. Mm-hmm. And he always uh, liked to have a strong bench. We certainly have that just now. Someone's actually bringing back memories here because um, Nick John on YouTube. Good afternoon, gents. Uh, on a wee break from work, didn't Janino debut against Rangers? It was brilliant. And never was again. I think you're right. I do remember a game where he was excellent against was that Rangers. Was 2 0 game at Celtic Park? At Celtic Park. Thomas Gravison stole a goal on the, the one yard line. Uh, Gravison came later. Gravison oh, came okay. later than Janino. So yes. I'm thinking Gravison, I think, also scored on his, maybe on his debut uh, against Rangers. And it, it, literally the ball was one yard out and he tapped it in and celebrated as if he'd scored from 30 yards out. Right. Gary Doonan, I know that this will be right. Uh, Mialbe, Janino and Pat Stanton all made their debuts against them. Did Stuart Slater? I know that he had a good game. It might not have been his debut. Did Stuart Slater make his debut against Rangers? And impressed. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't work out for him in the long term at Celtic. Uh, via Facebook, we're hearing that Lewis Morgan transfer fee to Miami was reportedly 300k. But if I scroll a wee bit further down, Raymond Haddon tells us that it was 720k. And then Jim Boyle tells us it was 400k. So we're so in the right ballpark, at least. It would be interesting. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, Celtic would be interested, obviously, if... Uh, Offer comes in and you're going to you're going to turn a quick profit on a player, uh, then perhaps we would have taken it for that reason. But I would have expected more than a million quid for a first team player, no? I don't know. I think um, from what I've heard, because uh, Lewis was a local boy, he was kind of ready to move on from Celtic. I think he had more aspirations of playing more minutes than what he was getting. Um, and to be honest with you, the the lifestyle he'll be living over in Miami right now. Um, probably seems a lot better than the, the Costa del Guruk, So, um, Is he from your parts, is he? He's a Guruk boy, yeah um, uh, Which was always interesting when he played for St Mirren against Morton Because when he scored against them he, You wouldn't be able to tell that he was a local boy um, The way he celebrated And it really annoyed the Morton fans So, But he's, he's what, 22, 23? He's, yeah. he's going over to live in Miami One of the best places in the world Good luck to him, and as you said, maybe he'll come back to Scottish football one day, but if Gonzalo Higuain's right, maybe he'll go somewhere else in Europe. Paul Rees on YouTube reckons Ayeti and Griff will be starting against Rangers Woods. Neil Lennon risk Griffiths with a start in such a big game, and I say risk because, I mean, that was the first appearance we had seen in Lee Griffiths since a friendly game against Hibs. I don't think he will. I've got to say, I'm not saying I know how Neil Lennon thinks. I can't look into his eyes, Colin, like some people out there. And I, I don't know how he thinks. But uh, will he risk Lee Griffiths with a start? Is it a risk? I don't even know if it is a risk. I guess it all depends on his fitness. But he's been back training now for a couple of weeks. So I know, obviously, training's a totally different intensity to playing. But if you think that he's going to get you even a goal before half time? And then maybe 10, 15 minutes after it. If it's a risk, I think it's one worth taking. From time to time, Colin, we get fans of other clubs on this podcast and I spend most of the actual broadcast blocking them because of the kinds of comments that they make. We spoke about it this morning. There is literally, there's probably hundreds now blocked. And that's just what you need to put up with when you're putting out content uh, on a Celtic state of mind. But, and I've said this from day one, if something comes in and it's sensible and they're actually contributing to the conversation we can look at it mm-hmm. we've got a user here RFC72 who tells us that Barisic is fit but Hollander has travelled home today from the Sweden squad with an injury Ooh. so I've said myself and I obviously don't know as much about the club as RFC72 when I've watched them when I've seen them Barisic is the guy that's impressed me and I think he would be a big loss but you know, if that's true and Hollander's going to be missing the game, I think that's a big loss as well. Yeah, I still think, um, from what I've seen, they're, they're still trying to put a, a sort of settled back two together in there. Um, they brought in the boy Balligan from down south, who seems to be very impressive so far this season. Um, interesting to see Barisic, as you said, I totally agree with you. I think Barisic is one of Rangers' best players for sure. Um, I think he'll have a, a great game. Um 
if if he is fit and can play against us. And that battle between him and Frimpong will certainly be one of the key sort of deciding factors over who will win the game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um Hollander I think is an is one that they spent quite a bit of money on as well. Um so the, they obviously think that there's a very good player there and um from some of the Rangers supporting friends that I've got they, they think that he's a great player too. Um replacing Katic who's out for quite a period of time as well. So um as I said, there's still what, ten, eleven days between now and the game. Um, everybody's starting a living will chop and change between now and then um, on both sides we'll, we'll not really know what the team lines will be until maybe an hour and three quarters before the game and I'm sure there'll be a few surprises thrown in there Well another one that I mentioned earlier that would be without Forrest will we also be without Beaton? I think so I think he's out for two or three weeks at least um, so I don't think we'll see him for the game And on that point as well Colin uh, do we then do we throw in Julian? We know that he's a big game player. He has been a big game player for Celtic, hasn't he? Uh, do we throw him back in after his back injury? Do we start with Duffy, Ayer and Elhamid? What do you do at the back? You know, that's another big consideration for Neil Lennon. Yeah, I mean, I, I said I would put Julian in, but um, I can see Elhamid playing. Um, he, as I said to you, there, there is only so many options you've got in that position. Maybe he doesn't play the three-five-two. Maybe he plays four at the back, and then it is only Ayer and Duffy. And you've got Taylor and Frimpong at left and right back. We, we don't really know how he's going to line up. No, but on that point, just again, uh, to go back to something I said, I would I would never play Frimpong at right back. Uh, you know, if that was the case, I'd play Elhamid at right back. I wouldn't play Frimpong there. The thing then, if you go to four at the back, is who plays right mid? Because James Forrest is injured. So you're going to put Christie out there? Frimpong. Well, there you go. So then you've got Elhamid and Frimpong. Yeah. So maybe there's a place for both of them in the team. Yeah, definitely. I just, I don't think Frimpong's got the defensive qualities. Um, and I'm not criticising him as a player. He's one of the most exciting players we've got on the books. Uh, the impact that he's made, uh, particularly in the last four games, etc., has been tremendous. He will strike fear in the, the defence, the Rangers, if he's on form. Uh, but not a right back for me. Elhamid behind him, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I said towards the start of the bulletin, um, seeing El Hamid on um, at the weekend there, when he put that ball over for Griffiths, it showed you why he is first and foremost a right back. Um, obviously, it's great that he's a, a bit of a utility player that can play centre-half as well, kind of similar um, to Charlie Mulgrew, where he would play left-back and centre-back. Obviously, you've got El Hamid that can play centre-back and right-back. Um you can always kind of see where someone's natural position is and uh, it kind of showed at the weekend, although uh, I, I like to touch on it again, Chrissy Ayer's touch out to him was absolutely outstanding, it how was. he dragged the two players in and then flicked it by them. Um, that's one of those ones you'll see on uh, Soccer AM if it's still going on the, the highlight reel. Show button. Yep. Uh, Nick Brennan, 67. I'm so glad he said that. I think uh, he's referring to yourself, Colin, in relation to your focus being on the domestic game and on 10 in a row. Uh, Nick's been saying it ever since we got put out with the Champions League. It's 10 or nothing this season. Um, uh, you know, absolutely. The 10 in a row is a priority. If you win that, everything else is secondary to that. Mm-hmm. But as I said before, I'm I'm just greedy. I, I just look at every competition I want to do as well as we possibly can. And I'm sure Nick and yourself are the same. But absolutely 10 is the priority. But I tell you what, the the mentality you've got is the mentality that Neil Lennon will be trying to install within the players as well. Mm-hmm. He'll not want them to go out against um, AC Milan and, and Lille um, and have that mentality where, uh, who really cares, the big games at the weekend against St Johnston or it's against Motherwell or it's against Hibs. He'll want to go out and win as many games of football as possible as well because when you're at Celtic, you don't really want to lose ever. Um, but for me, if there's a priority this season, it's domestically and it's not in Europe. Uh, what we've got here is a potential 3-4-3 coming to us from Brian Harkin. Barkas, Ayer, Duffy, Julian, Laxalt, uh, McGregor, Brown, Frimpong, Odson Edward, Albina Yeti and Lee Griffiths. So I mean, attacking formation, that, it means that Laxalt makes his debut against Rangers. It means you're playing three up front who have never played together in a game. But uh, as you said before, sometimes there's surprises in Neil Lennon's big game lineups. What was the four in midfield again? We've got McGregor, Brown, and we have Laxalt and Frimpong. 
It's interesting that. Mm. Um, I think it might be a team that we see this season. Um, maybe at home to Hamilton or Ross County or someone like that. But um, as uh, someone said earlier, I, I forget who said it, one of the problems we had was, in fact, I think it was Gary Doonan that says, when we opened up against Rangers, they kind of picked us apart at home. Um, and I think Lennon will probably have learned from that and probably not be as open in that sense. And I think having the three-five-two gives you the option to drop back to five at the back where Frimpong and um, Taylor or whoever's going to be playing there will drop deeper. And then when you have the ball, you can go forward to push the five into midfield. Um, and if you're playing someone like Elinousi or Christie as the second striker, they'll drop into midfield when you've not got the ball and move further up when you do. So um, it's a very flexible formation um, and it'll probably be one that Lennon will go with unless something changes between now and then. Loads of interesting points coming through, Colin. And obviously when that one came through, it made you start thinking differently. And that's what mm. it's all about. It's the opinions coming through from Celtic fans. And... Um, We've got uh, Dale Campbell coming in. What's your opinion on our deadline uh, wing-back signing? I feel Uruguayan international uh, who was in the World Cup team of the tournament. And yeah. um, I did get a call. We do get calls, actually. We do get calls on <laughs> a Celtic statement. Some of them are quite amusing. And uh, often they come through voicemails on Facebook. And I don't check Facebook on my phone, only when I'm sitting at the laptop. So I come in in the morning. Sometimes they're quite amusing. Um, I won't play the ones that I'm referring to, but uh, a big pal of mine, Marco, who keeps a keen eye on Italian football, uh, Marco Ciccarella. Big shout out to Marco from Kincardine. Um, and he's a Roma fan and he was waxing lyrical about Laxalt and uh, obviously saying how how much of a coup it is that Celtic have actually managed to bring him in. What's your thoughts, Colin? I mean... Uh, again, he is a fantastic signing for the club. Um, I actually looked up when he last played 90 minutes and he played on the 24th of July against Atlanta um, at left-back for AC Milan. So it was a, a while back since he last last played. But you don't get caps for Uruguay and the amount of caps that he's got if you're a rubbish player. Um, and you don't get the moves to AC Milan if you've not got some sort of quality. You don't get in the World Cup team of the tournament if you've not got some sort of quality so the fact that we're actually signing guys like that albeit it's, it's a loan deal but I'm, I mean let's not go into the Charlie Nicholas thing about um, Celtic going cheap that, that's, that's not the case we have signed a quality international player who needs to get game time ahead of tournaments coming up like the World Cup like Copa America and he can't get it at AC Milan for whatever reason but he wants to come to Celtic and his words that he came out and says I'm a Celtic player now I only concentrate on Celtic and I want to do my very best for the club well good luck to him because I hope he does and who knows maybe in the summer we'll be um, desperate for him to sign on a permanent deal Sometimes, you know, I spent an hour yesterday and a big part of that was talking about uh, Champagne Charlie. Where did it all go wrong, Charlie? Um, the tweet for Celtic just destroyed him. It was hilarious. I'm Fair just play to the thinking, guys in the social media team. Brilliant. Yeah, I think it's still, uh, I think it's Leith that still runs that and Fair play to him ever since he's took over some of the stuff that's come out. It's been fantastic. Even when they announced uh, Diego, did you see what they did? on the Twitter account um, changing it all into, into Spanish fantastic um, look we know um, as a broadcast that social media is so important to us um, when we put out the, the broadcast they go live on YouTube they go live on Facebook and on Twitter um, and it's the, the traffic from that that helps us grow and um, get even bigger as a as a team so Celtic are starting to really utilise it and utilise it really well don't get me wrong, there'll be some fails now and again, like when they announce Klamala on TikTok. Um, but when you look at something like that, it shows you where new media is really taking over from the older mainstream media. When Celtic can destroy something that's been all over the papers with one tweet that's got less than 140 characters. So brilliant. it's fantastic. Oh, brilliant. James Downey, welcome back. It's always uh, a pleasure to see you get involved in the broadcast. And uh, James has come on to say that Christie doesn't look interested lately. Don't know what it is. He's not going anywhere. So now is the time to focus. Well, what I would say is, just going back on my notes here against Sarajevo, mm -hmm. um, 
because I've heard a lot of this and obviously there was a concern about him not celebrating the goal against St Johnson etc yep. let's have a look at Christie's second half now against Sarajevo 51 minutes into the into the game Christie sets up Ayer Ayer should have scored I think he's 8 yards out and he misses 63 minutes uh, Christie has a long range shot and gets a save from the keeper 4 minutes later a corner from Christie onto El Hamid chance of the match at that point the mm-hmm. volley he came close 70 minutes Christie's shot Eddie goal yeah, because the, the goalie spilled mm-hmm. it. 74 minutes, another Christie shot. Um, and on 70 minutes, Christie's corner to Duffy, which I thought he should have scored. Everything creative in that second half came through Ryan Christie. So, yes, I get that he makes mistakes. I get that sometimes when there's a better option on, he goes for a shot. But I, I don't subscribe to the fact that he's off the boil. I think he's still creating for Celtic. I think he's very hot and cold. Um if you look back at the first half of that Sarajevo, Sarajevo game, I don't think he had a great first half. Again, I think the Hibs game, where he set up the first two goals, and then the second half he couldn't really hit a corner. Um, it may be a, a different game. But there's been times like that this season, where he has been fantastic for 45 minutes, but I don't think we've seen a proper 90-minute performance out of Ryan Christie so far this season. Um, actually thinking back to the Hibs game I'm sure he came off for Turnbull but there was a game this season where he was fantastic for 45 and then the second 45 he was anonymous or the the crosses were terrible and when we get that 90 minute performance out of Ryan Christie um, then it'll be a long time coming it's the same with Scott Brown so far this season um, there's been times where the first 45 minutes he's been outstanding and then as the game hits sort of 65-70 minutes um, he's sort of tired and um, it, sometimes it's cost us like the, the second Livingston goal where he didn't close down his man so all, we, all we're looking for and all I want from Christie is a, a complete 90 minute performance this season um, because as you've highlighted there what he can do in 45 minutes can totally change a game Absolutely, without Christie in that second half you know, you're going into extra time. Uh, now, Pat Burns. Now, I've been known to mispronounce people's names, so apologies, Pat. Uh, you are commenting on YouTube. You're surprised that Dembele didn't go out on loan. The reason that I'm going to focus on that for a moment is we have spoken about the right-hand side of the pitch, Colin. Mm-hmm. Forrest is out. What's your options, you know, if, if Frimpong wasn't playing or if he was fit, unfit, which might happen this season due to the amount of uh, assaults that he's suffering game to game. Dembele started off the season... On the bench mm-hmm. Now he's nowhere to be seen What I'm going to say here I'm going to throw this one out Is um, I've given a lot of praise to Neil Lennon About his man management Of players like uh, Lee Griffiths Olivier and Cham Odson Edward The way that he's managing people who Ryan Christie for example um, Who might not want to be there um, Isn't signing a new contract But he's managing them And he's getting them um, game time And he's creative as a result of that Yeah he didn't celebrate the goal Somebody told me he'd done a wee fist punch Pump, but we didn't see the replay. I think Neil Lennon is going to manage Dembele back into the into the first team. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think first and foremost, Celtic will be desperate to get his contract situation sorted out because he is a free agent um, next summer, which means from January he would be available to to talk to potential new clubs. I think Celtic will be desperate to tie him down on a new deal, um, and maybe once they get that contract situation sorted out then he can concentrate and get him back in amongst the first team because I think there is a talent in him um, and we've just not seen the best of it so far this season he was definitely integral as pre-season, he was playing I think he played almost every single game pre-season whether it be 45 minutes, 60 minutes or the full game so um, when we're looking at the amount of games we've got coming up we need to have the squad as big as possible and when you've got someone like that um, who isn't getting in around the first team squad you need to do what you can to get him in there mm-hmm. One final point before we go for the day Colin is from Gary Doonan George McCluskey was a super sub under McGarvey and Nicholas is Klamala our new super sub is he the impact sub uh, that can come on and uh, get in behind the defenders I hope so because sometimes you need a super sub don't you Yeah definitely and as I said it's um, it's a skill to be able to get up to the speed of the game so quick in the way that he he's managed to do so this season. Um, and I'm sure over the, this period of Celtic's history, there's been numerous super subs that just don't spring to my mind at the moment. Um, but maybe that's a talking point to lead off tomorrow's 
Bulletin live at 12.30 every day on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Um, so if anyone that's watching will be watching again tomorrow, have a think and see who was potentially Celtic Super Subs over the years. We'll all have a wee look at that, Colin. It's been brilliant to catch up with you again. I've got to thank everybody for getting involved on a Celtic State of Mind social platforms. But all that's left for me to say this afternoon, Colin, is thank you again for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Hell, hell. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spanish. Leto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network.